Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions! It is a dynasty! Kevin Harlan, one of the iconic voices of sports in America, professional American sports, one of the iconic voices of the Super Bowl. He called his 14th consecutive Super Bowl last night uh, an unbelievable streak and uh, also, by the way, used to call some Kansas City Chiefs games back in his day. So that was uh, pretty appropriate. But Kevin Harlan, Westwood won on the call. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. You know by now what happened. Back-to-back Super Bowls for Kansas City, for the organization, for uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and company, for the Hunt family. This is now officially a dynasty. And there's a lot to say about it here on this Monday. And we've got a very, very fun show planned. Steve Smith, senior Panthers legend, back for his final weekly hit of the football season coming up in about 38 minutes. Uh, We'll talk to Smitty about last night's game, his thoughts on uh, what went wrong for San Francisco, why the Chiefs were able to do what they did. Probably a bit of Panthers since we haven't chatted with Steve in a couple of weeks here on the show. Uh, But we'll talk to Smitty coming up in 38 minutes. What a weekend, by the way. What a weekend in sports. We had the Super Bowl, uh, the Hornets on Saturday, a a handful of new players breathed new life into the fan base, at least for a night and a weekend. And oh, by the way, uh, news this morning that Mitch Kupchak is moving. I'm not sure if it's laterally or down or up. I don't know. All I know is Mitch Kupchak is moving out of the GM and BOFO seat and, and he will no longer be the general manager and president of basketball operations. He's going to be an advisor. So the search for a new president of basketball operations and GM of your Charlotte Hornets commences now, we guess. So we'll talk about all that with Del Curry coming up in about an hour and 18 minutes at 418, 420 this afternoon. Uh, Del Curry is back. And Del Curry, you know, I, I, I can't say that I'm not an emotional guy. I think we're all emotional creatures to a certain extent, right? But I'm not a super emotional guy. But Del Curry on the broadcast Saturday. As Seth Curry returned home to the Queen City, donning his dad's number 30 Charlotte Hornets jersey. And you could tell there were some nerves on Saturday. Uh, Seth Curry, you know, right before a TV timeout, lines up a three off a loose ball, top of the key. And Del Curry on the broadcast goes, line it up, son. Hold the follow through. Welcome home. And I was in shambles. For like 60 seconds, I was in shambles. It was an unbelievable story. So we got Steve Smith. We got Del Curry. Scott Fowler coming up at 5 o'clock today as well. A very Charlotte radio program. Here on this Monday afternoon. But we start with the Super Bowl. That was Kevin Harlan's call last night. Uh, let's give you the call from the Chiefs radio network, shall we? Listen to the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs and Chiefs Nation rejoice and celebrate the end of Super Bowl 58 last night in Las Vegas. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch! side a three-yard touchdown pass in overtime Kansas City wins the game 25 22 
and the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch Holthus of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio, Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. I just tried to combine some words. Kansas City, Kansas City. Mitch Holthus, one of the great NFL voices on the call on the Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, It was fantastic last night. And and again, so many places to take the conversation. It's a dynasty now. You know, does Patrick Mahomes belong in the conversation of the greatest of all time? Why did Travis Kelsey yell at Andy Reid? All that stuff. But I, I have a simple question to start the show. And I thought about my buddy Wes Bryant last night. He just got off the air. It's been a tough day. Is is this the worst day you can have as a sports fan? Like the day after your team loses in the championship game. Is this the worst day that you can experience as a sports fan? 704-570-9610. Hit me on the text line. Uh, By the way, the fan duel text line to start the show. 704-570-9610. Is this the worst day that you can have as a sports fan? Because, Smoke, you said to me, what did you say to me about the Panthers losing in both Super Bowls? Super Bowl 38 was tough, don't get me wrong, but uh, A, I think it kind of helped a little bit that... Uh, also, you were six. Yeah, I was six, so that kind of helped. Yeah, you know, six go, years old. So that, and you know, that was really just a special run that team was on, but Super Bowl 50, it hit like a ton of bricks. It really did. I, I would say... Did you turn on the TV the next day? For Super Bowl, after Super Bowl 50? Yeah, after, after Super Bowl 50, did you even turn on the TV the next day to watch the highlights? I tried to look away. What when highlights that? came on. See, because I, I I couldn't even turn the TV on personally. Yeah. I, and I'm talking about just generally speaking, you know, in a situation like that, I don't even want to see the TV. Now, I, I'd also say the only one that rivals it is, is if you were a Duke fan a couple of years ago. Okay. And especially when you ha- uh, get paid to talk a living about sports. And out of all days, I tell you what, out of all the days that I've been here at WFNZ, probably the hardest for me to get up and go and like, yep, let's do this was the day after or the Monday after the Duke Carolina game. And when Kay was retired and out of all teams, Carolina got to be the ones retiring. Okay. okay. That probably is up there. And but, then you but, have but to I talk- was gonna say Carolina I don't mean to cut you, but I was gonna say Carolina losing that national championship game to Kansas might be the exception, right? Like the amount of fabric softener that goes into that loss because you just beat Duke in the final four and retired Mike Krzyzewski. Oh, most people that called us that day on Tuesday were like, Yeah, you know, usually I'd be a lot more mad. But you know, you know what? We retired. It. We retired. K, so it's all right this time. It's like, yeah. Well, we, you know, we, uh, we, we retired that rat-faced jerk. So I, I can, uh, I can live with it. Which made last year a lot more fun for me as a Duke fan, having to see Carolina fans as the number one team, most hyped team in a long time, not even make the tournament. I just, yeah, I wonder, is this the worst day you can have as a sports fan? 704-570-9610. Like, if your favorite player retires the day after that, is that the worst day? Um, you know, if your favorite college football program gets hit with sanctions, oh, <laughs> you, know, you know what that makes me think of me being a Notre Dame fan during the 2012 uh, national title game. So Notre Dame loses, gets killed by Alabama. I get made fun of since I'm one of the only Notre Dame fans at school. Then literally less than a week, a week or two later is when we find out that Manti Tail's girlfriend's not real. Then about a couple of weeks later, maybe around March, we learned that Everett Golson was going to have to sit out a year because he was academically ineligible. Mm-hmm. And then we find out in 2016, while I'm having to watch Notre Dame be ran by Brian Van Gorder on defense, that they had to vacate all their wins from so that you, season. You've had some bad days. Yes, I've point. had you, some bad ones. But, but is I guess the question is, is losing in the title game the day after? Is that the worst day in sports? 704-570-9610. Let me know. 
Um, you know, because again, you don't even want to watch Sports Center. You don't want to watch any news. You don't want to hear any mention of it. But cool. you know, there's no escaping it. It's all anybody's talking about. I, I think it. You know, it's right up there in the top three worst days ever for sports fans. Seven eight six number just said. Um, he said, no, you could be the Saints losing the NFC Championship game on a blown pass interference call, and nothing is worse than 28-3. to Okay, but 28-3 to is still the day after losing in the Super Bowl. It's just you've taken losing in the Super Bowl to previously unknown excruciating heights, right? When you blow a 28-3 to lead in the friggin' Super Bowl. 704-570-9610. Uh, Tim Hates Tanking says, the day after Super Bowl losses are the worst. 28 days until sports betting goes live. The 2025 Panthers are 25,000 to one to win the Super Bowl. I heard those odds this morning, and I was like, go put $50 on it right now. Go If you got $50 that you don't care about, go put it on the Panthers to win the Super Bowl. Or at the very least, put it on them to win the NFC the, the NFC next year. At those odds, I'm not sure what the conference you know, championship odds are, uh, separate from the Super Bowl odds, but I'm sure they're long. Hell, I'd go throw, even if it's a, a quarter of it, right? Go go throw fifty dollars on five thousand to one odds for Carolina to win the NFC next year. Why not? What does that come out to? Uh, was it five thousand to one? Is that what is that a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar payout? Am I am I doing the math right on that? I'd absolutely do it. Um, Texter's blowing us up here to start the show. Mike from Morrisville says waiting for a plane the morning after your team that you traveled to see lost is probably the worst feeling. Super Bowl I assume is much worse. All right, yeah, I, I can get with you on that. I can get with you on that. James from Concord, absolutely. I cringe every time I see another Panther Super Bowl highlight. Brings memories back that I want to forget. It's like flashbacks from Vietnam. Oh, God, come on. Oh, wow. Come on, man. I, I got, <laughs> come on, you, you weren't in Nam, all right? Well, maybe James was. I don't, James, if you were in Nam, I, I apologize. 704-570-9610. Uh, Uncle Jackie, the worst sports day is when your team is the worst team in the NFL, and then they don't get the first pick in the draft. Then it's like Groundhog Day. For three straight months. Yeah, I hear you. I, I was I had to listen to Randy Moss, or I'm sorry, I had to listen to Teddy Bruschi and Adam Schefter argue about that this uh, yesterday in the pregame coverage. And I was like, you know what? I'm turning this stuff off. I I can't listen to more about the Bears owning the Panthers pick right well, now. Well, that and I'll put it to you like this. I remember the day after Super Bowl 50, CBS Morning News was talking, and there's one comment that really stuck in my crawl from then, and that, I haven't looked at this woman the same way. Gail King was saying, well, Cam Newton, he left the Super Bowl press conference real early. He came across as a sore loser. Mm. Like, you know, I don't want to hear this, Gail. Shut up. Well, you, you still watching? You still watching CBS this no, morning? No, my, oh, okay. my parents had it on. And uh, so it was one of those things. And I'm just like, I need to. No, no, I'm not hearing this crap. Okay. Okay. And, and what made it worse was the next game was against Denver as well. And that was a head hunting game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was adding insult to injury. Man, there's so much to talk about. 704-570-9610. The question is, we're going to move on real quick, but the question is, is the day after your team loses in the title game the absolute worst day you can have as a sports fan? Some say, yes, that's obvious. Others would say, nah, there's some other places, other things that you know might actually be a bit worse. And I guess it depends on how you lose, too, right? I would say somebody said 28-3, to three, there's nothing worse. Yeah, I mean, that that's worse than just getting boat raced. That, that's worse than just never showing up because you think you've got it in the bag at that point. You believe you've won the Super Bowl and then you give it away. And speaking of Kyle Shanahan, what in the world? I, how would you characterize what San Francisco did there in the second half? Before we even go give Kansas City their flowers and talk about the dynasty and Patrick Mahomes place in the goat conversation and all that stuff. What, what was Kyle Shanahan? Some think it looked like in the second half that he was coaching, you know, to try to ensure Brock Purdy was the Super Bowl MVP. 
I don't know that I buy that. Okay, I, I don't buy that. You know, that's what he was thinking expressly. But yeah, it kind of looked that way. Um, Colin Hoggard pointed out that, hey, Christian McCaffrey still had 30 touches in a conversation we had right before the show. And that's true. But it did feel like, you know, it's the Super Bowl. If there's ever a time to overwork Christian McCaffrey, that might be it, right? That might be the situation. But instead, they just kept throwing the football. And Purdy wasn't bad. In fact, I got to give a lot of credit. We all should be giving a ton of credit to Steve Spagnolo and, and Chris Jones and that Kansas City defense. Uh, of course, Steve Spagnuolo, Spag's the first coordinator in NFL history to win four Super Bowls. What, three with Kansas City, one with New York, I believe. Yeah, because I heard T-Bell mention one in 11, but he was not there with the Giants because he just got fired from being the uh, Rams head coach. So, But yeah, he's won three with Kansas City and one with New York. And Kyle, I think this is right up there with the New York one as in terms of as a defense coordinator, because clearly this is the best defense he's had. He has molded that guy. That and it's group. a bunch of no-name guys, too. Well, that, Relatively speaking. Relatively speaking. I'm, I, but this is also a very young group, too, that he's gotten going. Like, this is easily the best defense they've had in Kansas City. But I feel like it's one of those things where, where they're not really known right now outside of Chris Jones. But a lot of those guys are going to be there for a while. Like, Karloftis, that's a name. Oh, yeah. Like Shout that out guy, Panther Bo. Yeah, P- Panther Bo, nice job. Uh, Purdue won. But, like, yeah. I, I mean... Karloftis, I remember when he got drafted by Kansas City, I'm like, damn it, they got a good one. McDuffie mm-hmm. is already an all-pro. They, they got dudes, but let, let's just stop. Th- just stop. Chris Jones was basically begging for a contract to begin the season, right? Yep. Wouldn't play, held out, finally got. But, like, that guy took over the Super Bowl. Like, not Aaron Donald levels of, you know, dominating it by himself in the fourth quarter, but he was so disruptive. And he threw, he was in Purdy's face so often, throwing off timing, ensuring they couldn't get deep balls off on time. Um, he and Carl Loftus worked beautifully in concert with one another in that, the waning drives of that game. I mean, their defense, Steve Spagnola was fantastic. Chris Jones was a difference maker in every sense of the word. And you're, you're right. This They, according to DVOA, Kansas City had the toughest schedule in the league. And it didn't look as good at times, but they finished off the job. And if you can't get them now, when are you going to get them? When are you going to get him? 704-570-9610. Where does Patrick Mahomes belong in the debate, the conversation of greatest quarterbacks of all time? We'll talk about that in your phone calls next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up on a Tuesday edition of the Mac and Mojo, plenty of hoops recaps. The new look Hornets in action again, and Duke's taking on Wake. Oh, God, me. Duke's taking on Wake. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Kansas City wins the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was phenomenal. He threw for, what, 335, led the team in rushing, and his best receiver out there on the field last night was, what, McCole Hardman? I, I, uh, 
I, I, I technically get Travis Kelsey, but well, he only no. I said receiver. I'm still oh. differentiating by position, e- even though we're told it's positionless football. I'm still calling him a tight end. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, okay that, that's all I'm saying is that like McCole Hardman had the game winning catch, but still, um, Patrick Mahomes displayed last night why he is already and now with his third Super Bowl in the conversation to be the greatest of all time. I, I think he's maybe the goat in waiting. I've heard it referred to that either online or somewhere today. I, I wish I could give credit to somebody who said it first, but the goat in waiting is, is what we're told. Listen, um, it's still seven to three for me. I, I'm, I'm going to make it very simple for you. When one guy has seven, the other guy has three. The guy with seven is still the goat in my eyes, but I think it's completely reasonable to say that Patrick Mahomes has some, you know, some skill set, some, uh, some tricks in his bag. Uh, some tools in his toolbox that Tom Brady doesn't have. I, I will agree with that 100%. I would also say, though, that if you're trying to crown Patrick Mahomes today, and in, and you're doing so in part because of what I just said, and maybe pointing out that you know New England's first Super Bowl or two were very much about the defense. I mean, Kansas City's defense. Steve Spagnuolo has done one of the greatest jobs in NFL history as a defensive coordinator in Kansas City. So all I'm saying is I am open to the conversation. Uh, three Super Bowl rings in his first six years as a starter. Uh, four Super Bowl ra- appearances in his first six years as a starter. We can absolutely talk about Patrick Mahomes uh, being on a tenure track to being the GOAT one day. I, I do not object to that. I just don't think that we can say it right here today. Oh, and the craziest stat, the worst season of Patrick Mahomes, uh, they only made it to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, he's the, as well, a you starter. Put it that way, I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, dude, you don't have it. I would say you don't have it hard, but he had to have Cliff Kingsbury as his head coach at Texas Tech. I'm with you. By the way, Steve Smith, senior Panthers legend, coming up in 22 minutes. Uh, well, right about that. 22 minutes. We'll talk to Smitty about the game last night. A lot about the game and Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy and a bit about the Panthers as well. Uh, Smitty's last hit of the football season until we get to the off season. Speaking of this uh, direct comparison, here you go. Um, Stat Muse gave us this last night. Uh, they said, hey, playoff stats before 20, turning 30 years old. You ready? Uh, Mahomes, 5,135 yards passing. Brady, 3,200. Mahomes beating him by nearly 2,000 yards. All right? Um, pl- passing touchdowns, 41 for Mahomes, 20 for Brady. Interceptions, 8 for Mahomes, 9 for Brady. Uh, three-time Super Bowl champ, both of them. Patrick Mahomes has three Super Bowl MVP trophies. Before 30 years old, Brady only had two. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes, only 28 years old. So it doesn't take any convincing for me to say he's on the fast track, that he is on pace to become the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think it's fair to say that today. And somebody else just said, hey, when did Mahomes pass up Montana? And that's part of the conversation too, right? Montana's got five. So a lot of folks, especially the older generation of sports fans, are going to say that. They're going to, when did he pass Mahomes? So, I'm sorry, when did he pass Montana? I think it's safe to say he's passed the likes of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Also, as someone points out, and it needs to be mentioned, Brady beat Mahomes head-to-head in the Super Bowl. So, there's that. But, I mean, do you think he belongs in the conversation? He's getting there. Okay. I think he's very close. Okay, that's fine. The bagel guy says, KB, your 7-3 to three titles argument is off because Russell has 10 and Jordan has 6. But my eye test tells me that Mahomes is the GOAT. All right, your, your eye test, is it certified? Is it accredited by any sort of institution? Is it 2020 or 2016? Is it the one that we all go by? Oh, listen, all I'm saying is I understand your point about simply counting rings. We've had those conversations too, right? But Tom Brady's been MVP, Super Bowl MVP, the reason that they won as well. So all I'm saying is I, I just, I personally, and maybe I'm just big on seniority, the time you've put in, you know, longevity. When you combine greatness with longevity, which is what Brady did, I, I, I can't. 
I, I can't pull you off the pedestal just because there's a guy off to an incredible start and looks like he's trending toward catching you at some point. There's no guarantee that he does. Well, I, I think to the point where I think the right way to frame it is I, I told my parents last night, I think he's the best quarterback I've seen with my own individual eye in terms of individual quarterback. But I also think it's easy to say, well, Tom Brady's the most successful quarterback. He's the greatest of all time because of all the stuff he's accomplished. I think when you put it like that, he's the best winning quarterback of all time. But I also don't think individual quarterback, when it comes to doing everything, running the gamut, that he's the best of all time. Because I honestly feel like Patrick Mahomes is the best. Okay. Well, but I mean, it's an individual quarterback, but it's also very different. And we also know it's an incomplete grade because he's only 28. We don't know how long Mahomes' career is going to last. But if he if he goes about as long as Brady does and he wins six Super Bowls. It'd be very interesting to see how that convo goes. Plus, I, I do want to mention Mahomes in that Super Bowl he lost to Brady did not have either of his tackles. No, I, that's, that played a massive factor. That is absolutely fair. And by the way, I think I misspoke. I think I said it. Joe Montana has five Super Bowls. He has four. So I want to make sure we're clear about that. That matters uh, because Patrick Mahomes is now within three. Uh, also worth mentioning that Andy Reid, as we discussed on Friday, now has three Super Bowl championships. Only Bill Belichick and, and Chuck Knoll have more ever. So they're all coming back, by the way. Um, you know, they, it, it sounds like everybody, of course, Mahomes is, but Andy Reid announced earlier he's going back. Travis Kelsey says he wants three in a row. Of course, no NFL team has ever three-peated. And you'd have to think that, um, you know, a three-peat would lay down an argument for them to be the greatest dynasty of all time in NFL history, even if you don't agree that, you know, that gives them ammunition to have that conversation. So I want your thoughts. 704-570-9610. Let's go to the phone lines. Coach Joe is up first here on this uh, post-Super Bowl reaction Monday. What's going on, Coach Joe? I'd take either one of them. Okay. Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. I mean, golly, how good how good is any team going to be that, they, that they're on? I mean, they, you know, there are a lot of really quality players that surrounded both those guys, but they made the most, most of those situations. But, Kyle, I'll tell you, the worst sports day for me, and, you know, I'll tell you what it was. Had nothing to do with a ball game. Had nothing to do with winning and losing. What it had to do with was I enjoyed coaching my son and then watching him play high school baseball. He he had small D1 potential, but he didn't want to do it. And so we knew that when the high school season was over, he'd have like 20 Legion games. But in the that ninth inning of that last Legion game where they got eliminated in the quarterfinals of the state. And I knew it was over. It, I would never watch him play baseball again. Oh, and that was, that was the worst. The next day was the worst sports day of my life. Joe, you got guys out here wiping their tears driving down 77 right now. This isn't safe, man. And I mean that. Like I remember that same conversation with my dad the last, the last game I played. He said, thank you. You know, for, for for so much fun. I, you, you come on now. You're going to kill me on the air today. You're, you're going to get everybody crying out here, Joe. That's some sentimental stuff. <laughs> no, but i tell you something. The, the thing that the reason I think that Brock Purdy did everything that he was capable of doing, but I think we saw the difference between a very good quarterback on a very good team and a great quarterback on a very good team. Because was there any doubt in anybody's mind that Mahomes was going to go win a Super Bowl? It wasn't that we hoped he would. It wasn't a goal that he would. We expected it. And that's when you know you're really great, when people look at you and have expectations, Michael Jordan-type expectations. We knew that, one, he wanted the last shot, and two, that he was going to make it. And I think Mahomes is in that category. Greatest of all time, to me, it's still John Unitas because he's the only guy they ever called Mr. Quarterback. I hear you. But 
you know what? Thanks for taking my call. Now, you know, Joe, thank you. You're the best. I appreciate that. Joe got out. Everybody got out here crying right now because of Joe. I will say he does have a point with John. Both him and Bart starred like two of the guys from the 50s and 60s. Like the only quarterbacks from that era I could really think. Yeah, they could probably make hay in this era, too. If you go back and especially. Oh, there are guys that, yeah. that in watching them, you can say, hey, we think they'd translate for sure. I, I understand your point. 704-570-9610. He mentioned Purdy. Um, I don't think Purdy. I certainly don't think Purdy was the reason that they didn't win the game. Um, he did his job for the most part. I thought he did, too. I thought his decision making was good. Uh, there were a couple of deep ball opportunities that I think were more disrupted by the pass rush than they were, you know, bad plays by Purdy. And I'm not even here to defend Purdy. I, I don't have any. I'm not invested in that way. Not a Niners fan. I don't hate the guy. I don't love him either. He's just, he's, he's he had a good year. He had a good year. I don't blame him. Um, some are saying that this was evidence that Cam was right. Game changer versus game manager. I, I don't know if that's fair or not. Um, but I, I think I, it's more of a testament to Chris Jones. I, I Again, I'm t- people, if you, guys who watch football were pointing this out last night. Um, and I, I went back and rewatched it too. That man was everywhere in the second half. It seemed like every time Kyle Shanahan dialed something up that looked like it had the potential to work, Chris Jones was screwing it up. Like, there's at least four or five plays. But I, I, honestly, the, the unfortunate thing for Chris Jones is his biggest sin is that he's not Aaron Donald. But he is essentially right below Aaron Donald in every single category. He's he's essentially basically what Fletcher Cox was for a lot of people for the last decade. Fletcher Cox was an amazing D tackle. It's just, but Aaron Donald's better. Like, yeah. that's the only thing that's going against both Chris Jones and Fletcher Cox throughout their careers. That guy right there is a bona fide, should be first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I mean, this guy, like, it's very hard to disrupt. I tell you what, man. I tell you what, man. It's very hard to disrupt games at the D tackle the way that he does. And it's very rare. So, what's more absurd? How well he played in the second half or the fact that apparently the 49ers didn't know the overtime rules? Because I'll be real with you. I had forgotten about the overtime rules until the final two minutes of the game. And I just happened to see somebody t- uh, tweet there, tweet out, hey, just so you know, we're going into new overtime rules. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And so then I'm watching it through that prism. Fortunately, when, um, uh, who was it, Mahomes and Fred, uh, Fred Warner, Warner go out there for the coin flip, and, and I hear San Francisco take the ball. I'm like, what? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you give that guy the ball second? And I, I'm sure I wasn't alone in that reaction, but anybody who knew in the moment that the, the overtime rules were different, the enhanced overtime rules, you know, where both teams got the football, it was like, okay, you want to give him the balls? I don't think that's a good idea, guys, but that's what they did. Want to make it worse, like if it wasn't for McDuffie's holding penalty, like that would have made them even look yes. more like chumps. Yes. Because that they had to drive. It was stopped. Three and out to start overtime. And it's like, oh, but holding call. So they got bailed out by which it was a holding call. Uh, so it's like, if it, that didn't happen, Mahomes just sort of drove down the field and made you look dumber than you actually were. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Mr. Sarcastic said the ref said the rules of the coin flip. Yes, definitely. But that's not the same as preparing your team every week throughout the playoffs, like Andy Reid and the Chiefs apparently did. And then you got Kyle Juszczyk and other 49ers players after the fact saying, no, nobody mentioned this to us. We forgot. That's even more damning because those are veterans that are admitting that. I know. It's like the time that Donovan McNabb admitted he didn't know the overtime rule, right? Or didn't know that there was ties in the regular season. Or ties in the regular season, right. Like, it was, you know, it's like, hey, man, I get it. Your coaches definitely should be prepping you for this, but you're a pro, too. How do you you not know? 704-570-9610. Ryan's up next on the phone lines. Ryan, what's going on, bud? Hey, Kyle. Um, I'll be be quick, but um, I, I just wanted to say, you know, this is a conversation that I think we could have maybe two years from now. Uh, you know, I think Mahomes is headed that way and has the potential, but 
personally, I, I still think he's nowhere near Tom Brady yet. There's still there's still a lot of things that have to happen. I mean, Mahomes, I think, would still need to do the single-season record several times and even go to another team and win the Super Bowl his first year and all kinds of other stuff. He's still not near Brady. But this it is fair, though. Like, like This is a conversation that maybe two years from now I think we can have and it could be legit. But right now it reminds me of, of the Michael Jordan, LeBron James, of comparison, which still irritates me every day to this day. Right now, um, that's a topic for another day. But right now, uh, I still, I still think it's, I still think it's Brady right now. But uh, I'm not ready. I'm like you. I'm not ready to jump there yet. But that could be coming a couple years from now. Yeah, no. Look, I'm open to the conversation. I appreciate you, bud. I'm open to the conversation. I don't think we're there yet, but I, there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is now trending in that way. He's 28 years old. Like, there's no guarantee he plays another 15 years, right? But he is on pace to pass Tom Brady. Now, will it happen? Okay. We'll see. But right now, uh, you know, not there yet. Let's have the conversation because he's moved into uh, into the territory where it's okay to discuss it. By the way, here's Patrick Mahomes last night on that game-winning drive. I don't know. There was a lot of tension in this building, but you're used to coming back from double digits down and you did it today. Tell us about that winning drive and how this team held it together, composure and all. Um, really, just the whole game was uh, just kind of our whole, our whole entire season. It was the defense just keeping us in there, um, and then the offense making plays when it counted. And then, of course, Harrison Bucker hitting from about 70. So it's um, it was a microcosm of our whole season. I'm just proud of the guys. They kept believing, um, and, I'm, and I'm proud of the coaches for calling up those plays. They got us some touchdowns there at the end. You know, you go on and win the championship, being the underdog the last three games in the playoffs. Maybe a lesson learned for everybody else out there in the future. Yeah, just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. Just know that. (laughs) I like that line. The Kansas City Chiefs, never underdogs. Well, uh, apparently the early Vegas odds are out and the 49ers are the favorites to win next year's Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, 704-5790610. I've had about 10 people text the show already to say, KB, if, if it had been anybody but Travis Kelsey doing what they did to their head coach, he would have been kicked out of the game. Or, you know, people just outright saying he should have been benched for the rest of the game. Come on now. Let's not be that naive. You're not benching Travis Kelsey for that in the Super Bowl, especially given what we know about it, right? I'm not saying it was right. I don't think it was appropriate. But I also, he knows his relationship with Andy Reid far better than I do. But it did look really bad. I, I, it did not look good. Uh, Travis Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid after, a, was it a Pacheco fumble? I guess yeah, it was. Yeah. He was supposed to be in the block. And, and he I wasn't even was on the Watson. field. Yeah. yeah, Watson was in there and he missed the block. Yeah, he wasn't even on the field. And Kelsey was hot. I mean, really. And, and the internet blew up when it happened. Right. Everybody knows what it looks like by now if you watch the game. Here's Travis Kelsey after the game when asked about that altercation. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
All right now. When you and Andy Reid had that, what I call a very engaging conversation. Oh, you guys saw you guys saw that. What was the conversation <laughs> well, about? Was there it, were a few cameras? I mean, was it? Hey, I need the ball. I can help us win. What was that about? Uh, man, it was. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it between us unless my mic up tells the world. But uh, I was just telling them how much I love them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, babe, for real. There you go. Um, don't believe you. No one does. That's not what you said, but that's okay. Uh, I think it's a much bigger deal today if they lose the game, but they won the game, and so I think very quickly people are going to forget about it. I also like how he acts like he isn't mic'd up. It's like, dude, you're Travis Kelsey. You're mic'd up. So we're going to eventually find out, unless NFL Films uh, wants to spare you. Wow. So I just got a text. Somebody's Bebop from Rock Thrill said Taylor and her Swifties should, Swifties should take notice of Travis. He's got anger management issues. He could be dangerous. I mean, the troll jobs on the text line right now are good. I'll give him credit. 704-570-9610. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the to the, to the halftime show yet. Um, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna steal directly from a meme that Smoke also saw last night. If you didn't download those songs on LimeWire or Napster during your formative years, I don't want to hear your opinion on the halftime show. I'm sorry, you're allowed to have one, just like we are. You can. I- I'm just not interested in it. If you didn't come up with Usher. And you didn't come up with Ludacris, which, I mean, the pop when Ludacris came out. Come on. With that afro, baby. Know, you, your boy Lil Jon, you were, you were begging for it late last week. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, my mom ruined it. She, she's like, oh, is that Lil Wayne? <laughs> and I just looked, I was like, really? You got to do this right now, really? I just like, oh, no, 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 that's Lil Jon. Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody's got to take. You can still think Prince is the greatest of all time. You can like Katy Perry if you want. You can you can prefer Janet and Timberlake. I don't care. But I thought last night was epic, and, you know, if you didn't come up in that era like we did in your, your teens and 20s ripping those songs from LimeWire and Napster, then, you know what, have your opinion. I don't care about it because it was awesome. For me, it was just an amazing – it took me right back to all the parties, all the good times, man. Unless you're Jermaine Dupree. Why? Like, what the heck were you wearing, man? I mean, I did think he was CeeLo for a minute. <laughs> but we know CeeLo's been essentially blacklisted. Well, right, but he kind of looked like CeeLo Green a little bit. It was like, oh, no, that's just Jermaine Dupree. Like a lot of us, he's put on <laughs> some extra pounds with age. That's all it was. And he looks smaller. Was he wearing a short sleeve tuxedo? Was yeah, that I what think that was? that was it, too. And it, it really was short in the legs, too, which made him look <laughs> a lot more like CeeLo. <laughs> All right, we got Steve Smith coming up in a couple of... Matter of fact, we got to do this. We got to hit a break. We'll come back. Steve Smith Sr. We'll talk about the Super Bowl with Smitty next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Nick Richards of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Kyle Billy on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Over 15,000 total yards. Oh! Steve Smith is going to go all the way. 16 NFL seasons. If you see this face, that means our school. Five Pro Bowls and countless memories. When a dog gets an x-ray, they've got that Steve Smith inside their ribcage. Steve Smith is on WFNZ. Ice up, son. 
He's back for the final time in the football season because, unfortunately, tragically, football season is over yet again. Uh, Chiefs win their third Super Bowl, second in a row, uh, the third in six years for Patrick Mahomes and company, and uh, the 49ers still searching. Let's bring in a guy who spent the week in Vegas, was there to cover the game, and uh, is a Carolina Panther legend. Steve Smith Sr., back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Oh, no. I believe we lost him there. Let's try it again, Smoke. I'm not quite sure. I know you did have him, but we'll try it again. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the text line. We'll try to reestablish that connection there with Smitty. Uh, Hurricane Hugo said, I mean, it was cool and all, and Ludacris was dope, but I just didn't, it didn't get me out of my seat. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't dancing in the living room or anything. You know, my wife and I watched it. I made sure to pause it so that she could come, you know, enjoy it because it's really the only part of the game she cared about. It was more nostalgic for me. I think that, you know, when you grew up on that music the way a lot of us did, it was simply that. That's all. Um, but we got him back. Steve Smith Sr., Carolina Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst, was in Vegas all week um, covering the game, doing it well. Also got a chance to stop by and uh, see a live golf tour supporting Gastonia's own Harold Varner. We got a lot to get to with Panthers legend Steve Smith Sr. Steve, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, man. Y'all hung me up. Oh, my goodness. Good. Oh, I thought you hung up on me. I was like, damn, what'd I say? I didn't know what happened. No. All right. Uh-oh. It's good to have you back, man. It's good to have you. So, I, you know, I got people on my text line saying, well, I thought the game was kind of boring and, you know, it got better in the fourth quarter. I, I, I get it. You know, we're kind of an offensively inclined fan base when it comes to football these days. But um, I thought there was a lot of good defensive football last night, some chess match being played. And, you know, then we got a lot more offense late. I, I enjoyed myself. What'd you think of the game? I thought it was a good game. I mean, you you you, you watch two teams uh, play play chess uh, in the beginning. You know, they were trying to figure out how each team would uh, respond to certain things. You know, I had caught wind that you know they were going to do a lot of uh, trying to get Christian McCaffrey in the past game and see how Spags would adjust uh, to that. And Spags did a lot of different things. Wilkes did a lot of good things as well. Um, and I think they just. Made a lot of the offensive uh, decisions that really just impacted the game, where uh, it made both offensive firepower teams hesitate. I mean, you can make you know someone who's shooting the way these two teams are shooting hesitation is the key. How how would you contextualize or or properly put into context what Patrick Mahomes has done now? Three titles in six years, four appearances in the game in six years. It's unprecedented. What, what would you say? I mean, he's, he's, he's doing some things that, right, warrants, you know, praising him. I, I find it interesting is, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs of Patrick Mahomes is kind of getting the Tom Brady, uh, New England Patriots. Well, I'm tired of that team winning. Um, but, I mean, that's, 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 that's not his problem. The goal is to win, I thought. You know, it's funny as you want your team to win, like the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, I'm a 49ers fan. And then the 49ers faithful, you want your team to win. Now you, now the Kansas City, they winning, and people complaining about they winning too much. I mean, again, I joke around with it, but I'm kind of serious. People need to make up their mind. What do they want? Do you want winners, or do you want a whole bunch of losers walking around the earth? I mean, come on, which one is it? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because someone, I saw someone, it was like an inspirational quote over the weekend. And it was, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but it was something to the effect of, you know, people want you to do well. They just don't want you to do better than them. And I think it's an extension of that. Like, you know, people like winning and fun stories, but for some reason, dominance bothers them. You know what I mean? When a team becomes dominant, that's when we, we start to turn on them. I, I think that's what you're referencing there. 
Yeah, or players. When players become dominant, oh, he's not that good. Like, you know, man, I, I, I grew up um, I grew up in high, you know, I graduated high school in 97, so I'm in, you know, 80s. And I remember watching Michael Jordan on television, right? And then when he's not, he's no longer there. And you remember the commercials, I want to be like Mike, you know, Charles Barkley. I mean, there's a number of players, Sean Kemp, Gary, the glove, Gary Payton, John Stocks, right? Xavier McDaniels, the punisher, right? The enforcer. Like all of these great players, they come and go. Um, but then there's some outliers that they're just going to do some things other people won't do. Or if it's done, is one up 10, 15 years later. But the, the law period is ridiculous. And and that's what we're experiencing right now. We had Tom Brady. We had Peyton Manning. Now the next group of guys that are coming in, who is going to reign supreme over over all of them? It was Tom reigned supreme over all the Peyton Mannings and Breezes and all that stuff. And then there was now, and it looks like Patrick Mahomes is going to be that guy of his era that just does some things that all the other guys can't do. Speaking of things that most guys can't do, scream at their head coach on the sideline of the Super Bowl and get away with it. And I'm, and I'm just saying that you know, Travis Kelsey, that display last night, was pretty polarizing in terms of the reaction from people watching, from fans to media to former players. What was your take on you know Kelsey kind of unloading I mean, I, on Andy Reid? I, I saw it. Uh, one, I, I saw it uh, at the end when some people had texted me and said, hey, have you ever seen this? Man, there's a lot of things going go on in the heat of battle, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm. That's all I'm gonna really say. At the end of the day, right? It's not. It's not what all these um, all these never played before have their opinion. Really, at the end of the day, it's between Andy and Travis. Bottom line. Yeah, no, that, I... that's who, that's that's who is between. Now, people can say, "Well, I think this and I think that." Man, we all gotta wish I would, and we all gotta. If he did that to me. But guess what? It ain't true. So keep your opinion to yourself. I I tend to agree. Um, I, I think that's very much about the two people involved. And clearly, <laughs> Andy Reid's not too bothered by it. We got Steve Smith, senior Panthers legend, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, what, what's the proper way to discuss Kyle Shanahan losing in another Super Bowl and, and the way that people have described his decision-making and play-calling in the second half and into overtime? What do you think that we should be saying about Kyle Shanahan today? Now, how about the Kansas City Chiefs actually are a pretty good football team? Fair enough. I think we're missing that. Here's the other thing I think. I was at um, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's wife and his kids were walking through the hotel I was in at the Caesars. And 49 are faithful fans were cussing at him in front of his kids. Wow. Talking to him in a way that I thought was one that he showed very good voice because one of the things that you don't do that I don't accept, you can disrespect me a little bit. I may give you a side eye. I may think about some things that kind of play scenarios out, but what I don't, I don't take no L's in front of my kids. And I just thought that was terrible that some of the 49ers fans, like they were all cussing him. You effing let us down. You didn't shoot that. Man, what if Kyle Shanahan 
who's created and, and, and him and, and John Lynch have built this huge, right, really good team, right? Let's be honest. They're a good team. They built this team, and all of a sudden, they start telling the fans, screw you, you didn't help with this game plan. You didn't do anything to help me get here, which is kind of true other than root, right? You make some noise for the opposing team, so it makes them hard, but you didn't actually, like, do anything to make Debo Samuels catch that touchdown and make that big run, right? Would you agree? Sure. And they can say, well, we paid our money. Yeah, you paid your money, and you're paying for the, some of the, you're paying for a lot of things. TV money is what pays for the guys for guys' salaries. Just in case that smart aleck uh, texter is going to say, "We no, you don't." The TV money pays for salaries. So let me just let you know, because um, I know this business. I'm in it. Um, but I, when I saw that, I that really left a bad taste in my mouth. Listen to fans dog cuss your coach that you loved before the game in front of his wife and kids and his father. Like, that's not acceptable, man. Well, no. But look, I think we got plenty of evidence that some people don't know how to act in public. And I mean that sincerely. Um, Steve, before I let you go, you you and I have not talked in, I think, uh, a couple of weeks. Just real quick thought from you before we go. It's going to be a longer offseason, I think. But. You know, Carolina's seemingly got everything in place now. Head coach, general manager, VP of football operations. They're hiring assistant coaches. Um, just real quick from you, your thoughts on the off well, the start they've gotten off to in the offseason. Don't take don't read into it more than it is. It's gonna be a long offseason. We believe it when we see it. What we really need to be talking about is how about our first ballot hall of famer, Julius Peppers. Yeah. That opportunity to talk to Pep. Um and Gives me goosebumps, man, to see Pep and to see how he was. And I was on the field working and to be able to talk to him to see him just come out of his shell. Pep is not a talker. Pep, you know, Pep lives in silence. That's who he is. And, man, just to see him just kind of wake up and just kind of uh, take it all in, man, it's it's it was really cool. And then I got an opportunity to, to, to dap up and give a, such a great, powerful hug to Andre Johnson, and then to Hess, um, Devin Hester. Man, I got to see all those guys, and it was just cool to be part of seeing their reaction, their experience, and congratulations to Patrick Willis as well. Uh, as far as the Carolina Panthers in this offseason, we, we just got to let, one, you got to have patience. You just got to let whatever's going to happen, happen. Whether you not go to the games, they're going to be successful or not. They're gonna hey look, all the 49ers fans that didn't go to this go to the Super Bowl, they kicked the field goal whether you were at the game or not. They're going to try to build a team, whether Panther fans are in the stadium or not. Just like when Panther fans bailed on us after a one and fifteen season, the people who discontinued their PSL owners, the PSL tickets didn't stop us from going to the Super Bowl in 2003. My point is, pick a side and stick with it. If not, stop complaining. It's getting old, bro. I've been, I've been, I spent 111 nights in a hotel this past media season. And I'm just tired of hearing people complain that it's too cold, is this, is that. That sports, I'll pick a side, and pick a side.
Steve, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Steve Smith Sr. with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Hour number two and the best audio in sports next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.